The more news comes out, it won't be the first time people hear this anymore. It'll be the third time, the fifth time. And then all of a sudden, you know, your grandma's going to be going, I think I should buy some silver. I think I should buy some gold. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcade Economics. Welcome on in and hope you had a great weekend. Glad to have you here today because once again, it is time for Professor Vince Lancey's weekly silver report as he digs into some of the latest things that are going on in gold and silver that you would be well served to know about that. So with that said, I'm gonna pass it over to Vince. This week, I would like to speak on two topics that while they seem disparate are very closely related from a big picture, little picture uh, kind of relationship. And they are commodity trading advisors and their effect on silver, CTAs, as they're frequently known, more commonly known, I should say, and the remonetization, remonetization of gold. Uh, and we know how that will affect silver. I've said that before. So I saw, I did, I did my weekend analysis for uh, silver, and I noticed that the commodity trading advisors were positioned differently than they normally are. And uh, this uh, is a sign of asymmetry and actually a possible trade. What am I getting at here? So I wrote uh, a piece for the Goldfix Substack, and I had this broadcast in mind because it was kind of a nice little, nice little uh, dovetail. So I want to share that with the Arcadia economics people, uh, let you guys see it. And while it's on the screen, I want to talk about CTAs now, you know, uh, and I want to talk about uh, touch on what's going on in the gold market and silver market. And nothing is going on in them right now, right? Nothing is going on. Uh, you're reading regurgitated stuff. So we're going to get to the bottom of that and uh, give you a basis for the next week to three months for all we know. So why don't we start with that? Uh, here we go. All right. So here's the, uh, the section that I wrote on the uh, Substack broken out for everyone. And as a quick overview, I started writing about it because of the CTA uh, behavior. And we're going to get into that extensively. Uh, but I ended up dovetailing into something else that was a uh, much bigger picture. So why don't we just go through this? You'll see both of those concepts intertwined in here, and then we'll get to them. And uh, this won't take too much time. All right. Right now, as I said, if you look at that paragraph there, there's nothing going on in the silver and gold market specifically about precious metals. Now, what does that mean? If there's nothing driving gold and silver's asset price right now, then silver and gold will begin to behave like they have for years, for over a decade that you're all familiar with, price action-wise. Meaning if there's nothing about silver, uh, if there's nothing about gold, then people revert to looking to gold and silver as the derivatives of money. I know it's perverse, but that's what's happened for 10 years. You uh, look at silver and you say, oh, silver's down. Where's the dollar? You're looking for a dollar move to make sense of silver. And when 
the big moves happen in silver and gold. They don't happen because of the dollar. The big lasting moves happen. They happen because they want the metal. I want the silver. I want it for film. I don't give a shit about the dollar. I need the silver for film. I need it for solar panels, whatever. That's the commodity standing on its own and monetarily as well. We need the silver to make the coins to make and sell the American Eagles. That's silver. That's not dollar denominated silver or ruby, I'm sorry, the ruble denominated silver, that's silver. Same for gold. We need the gold. The gold is being used for, uh, we're buying oil with it. We don't need dollars. We need an ounce of gold to buy a barrel of oil. That's uh, that's uh, medium of exchange. Okay, so why is that important? Because for the last six months, we've had a lot of gold and silver, mostly gold, right? Let's be fair. They're not going to talk about silver. They won't. It's, it's actually too important, but that's where I stand on it. There's been a lot of talk of it between geopolitically. So there's been talk of gold for gold's sake. There's been talk of precious metals for precious metals sake. And, you know, there's been a lot of buying of silver. It's just not central bank uh, uh, related. It's more sovereign wealth fund related. And, and for those past six months, we've had it good in terms of attention, in terms of news, in terms of validation of what we believe is going on. What we have believed has been going on behind the scenes for almost a decade, but is just coming into its own now. And now that's stopped. And, and it stopped. And because it stopped, for whatever reason, people start looking at silver and gold saying, well, the dollar's doing this, the dollar's doing that. That's what they're doing. Okay, so, so that's what I'm getting at here. What we're getting at is everything you read, most of the things you read now, if you're looking for information on gold and silver, are going to be regurgitated and designed to keep your attention for advertising clicks. It won't be new, it won't be revolutionary, or it won't be relevant to price. Right now, as it was for years past, gold and silver price are driven by financial proxies. The dollar, the real rates, all that stuff. Real rates are actually more important than the dollar, but they don't assert themselves as, as frequently. Okay, so I think I just said this here. Right. All right. <clears throat> By the way, that's where CTAs come in. So let's do this and then I'll go to the CTAs. That's a more granular explanation. The world is now a marketplace. By the way, everything I just said, you don't care about it anymore. You don't care about it. Okay. Until there is news or a motivated player, I need to buy gold because I'm buying oil. I need to sell gold because I'm being hung out on dollar currency and Venezuela has to do it. Until that happens, all the moves in gold and silver will be priced uh, or rationalized by financialization. Oh, I'm buying dollars and selling gold. It's all like keeping things in, in line. Uh, so it'll be the whole asset class will be subject to the wiggles and waggles of dollar moves. The silver lining, I know it's a pun, right? Is simple. The world is now a marketplace freshly sensitized to what can happen when people want gold and silver for its own sake. Meaning, I need gold for this, I need gold for that, I need silver for this, and I don't need this because I'm hedging dollars. It, it is the thing, it's the dog, it's not the tail anymore. So in Zoltanese, that means gold is again slowly becoming a medium exchange. Uh, 
instead of dollars. So gold is now competing with dollars, which means silver is now competing with dollars. That's where we're going with this. Okay, it's not second class citizenship. It's it's gold isn't used industrially. That's why central banks own it. Because if there was an industrial use for gold, then central banks couldn't own it because its supply could be sucked up by industry. That's why central banks don't own silver anymore because it's used industrially. And that'll change in the future uh, based on price. All right. So the world has had a taste for real money and it will want more. The price will remain financially repressed until the, that means futures will hold it down until the powers that be get enough for themselves. Then they will instruct their people to do the same. This is thesis stuff here. Countries and banks do the same thing. They front run their clients. Okay, this is kind of important. If you're looking at the market, and if you're a stacker, you don't care, but, but it's nice to hear this once in a while. If you're looking at the market and you're saying, well, you know, why do they keep keeping the price down? It's more for me. You'll say things like it's more for me or they're idiots, right? You know what? They're not idiots and it is more for you. The world, the West and the East, will be happy with the price of gold and silver down as long as there are idiots hitting the bid. So one of those idiots is CTAs, which is what we're going to get to in a minute. But those idiots are, idiots is a bad word to use. But what I mean is the person who needs to raise money to feed their family. They're going to sell gold, even in an inflationary environment, because no one's taking gold. The person, the, the company that makes solar panels that's going bankrupt, they're going to sell their silver that they have because they need to pay their bills. This is how the depressed or repressed price works against long-term holders because they have deeper pockets, pockets than you do, generally speaking. All right, so what I mean by this part here, the price will remain financially repressed until the powers... Because they're buying it, guys. They're buying it. They're not, they're not keeping it down. They're keeping it down so it doesn't compete with a dollar. It sends a bad message if those prices go up. And while they're keeping it down, they're buying it. They're taking it off the market. They're buying their replacement. The dollar will be replaced by precious metals. So the reason that's a silver lining, no pun intended on that one, is... Um, because what you're reading now or what you're going to read over the next couple of months doesn't matter. The things that happened over the last six months, they ain't going away. You're not going to have all of a sudden, you know, Russia and the United States holding hands, you know, taking a stroll in the park. You're not going to have China and the U.S. have, have uh, trade negotiation. Well, you could have it, but it won't be permanent. You're not going to have people just say, oh, okay, we'll trust your supply chain again. Oh, okay, sure, we'll take some bats from China, you know, Wuhan virus stuff. It's not going to happen. Trust has been broken. And when trust is broken, money's not trusted. When money's not trusted, then you need something that is perfect in terms of arbitrating two different cultures. And that is, you know, precious metals. Okay, so... We think there's a lot more of what I just described to come this next year and the ways of governmental adoption of gold and silver as monetary assets. Why else would JP Morgan all of a sudden move its... Think about what's happened in the last year, guys. 
Why else would J.P. Morgan all of a sudden move its whole gold derivative book out of that FX subcategory and into gold? Why else would Basel III finally get executed in January of last year, right? Why would the EU say we're considering revaluing gold on our balance sheet to mitigate our debt? Why would Ghana? I mean, this isn't random. There's no randomness here. There's dots and they're all being connected. It's not China working with Russia. I mean, it is, but it's not Ireland and Ghana working with the US. No, everybody knows the end game and they're all converging on it different ways. So what's Ghana doing? Ghana saying we will swap gold for oil because we want to get off dollars. What's Russia doing? We're going to soft peg the ruble to gold because we don't trust the dollar. What's China doing? They're backing, they're backing the yuan with gold because Russia and wants to. Russia is going to be silver to China's gold. Now I don't want to insult you uh, if if you don't like Russia, but Russia is going to be silver to China's gold. They'll be buying gold, but they won't have as much of it. India will be, you know, the home run. India will be long gold and silver without any problems sitting in the middle of the world. But that's that's another conversation. All right. So this stuff is not going away. This ain't going away. No, the past 12 months have been monumental in gold and silver's reemergence on the monetary stage. The world has irrevocably changed this past year and will continue to move towards silver and gold as stores of value. It will only accelerate as more genuine news comes out, more news comes out. The more news comes out, it won't be the first time people hear this anymore. It'll be the third time, the fifth time. And then all of a sudden, you know, your grandma's gonna be going, I think I should buy some silver. I think I should buy some gold. And, and because it's gonna be pounded into you and you're gonna be doing it. People are gonna be doing it. So when there's something to write about, you'll hear it from me, all right? Uh, here's an example that you will not hear anyone else until it's too late. All right, so what am I saying here? This is why I'm extremely super bullish on silver. But okay, let me read this. Why has talk of a commodity currency basket for money subsided in the East? You remember between six months and a year ago, there was talk that the BRICS were creating a commodity basket. It started with oil and natural gas and wheat and soy, whatever else is used as a commodity. And you know, gold was like barely mentioned, right? And silver wasn't even mentioned. They even mentioned like platinum and copper, right? So there was this big basket they were going to make up. It's bullshit. Now, I, I knew this back then, but I assumed that they could do it. And I was trying to figure it out. I wrote a, I wrote a post on it. And the bottom line is, when you are trying to put commodities that are perishable, everything I'm saying is not gold and silver, right? Perishable, uh, um, industrial, well, silver's industrial, but let's forget about that. Consumed, hard to get, hard to store, uh, uh, subject to the vagaries of weather, subject to bugs, subject to consumption, subject to rot. Those are the reasons they can't be in a basket, okay? <clears throat> you can put them in a basket, you can trade them in futures, but they can't be in a currency basket because your soybeans in Russia might not be good compared to my soybeans in China. So they would argue about if the standards were right. That's the obvious thing. We can all see that, right? Here's the thing that's not obvious and infinitely more difficult to solve. You can make a future out of uh, soybeans, even though they perish. Why? Because you have standards, 
we have someone who's overseeing it, inspecting it. But when you say, I want oil in this basket, and you say, I produce oil. So now it's Russia and Saudi Arabia. Let's say Russia produces oil, Saudi Arabia produces oil. You say, we're going to put oil in this basket, right? Well, the Saudi Arabians want oil to be 30%, and Russia wants oil to be 30%. Let's just say that they agree on that. Who uses oil more constructively? Who builds their economy up more constructively with oil? What do the Saudis do? They sell it. They just sell it. They don't help their people. Maybe they will, but they don't help their people. Russia, compared to the Saudis, not compared to us. Russia, what do they do? They manufacture. They make things. They add value to the oil. They improve on the oil. The output from the oil is economically creative. It's the top of Exeter's pyramid, not derivative-wise, but you know the natural resources, the root, and, and the flower is the top. And that's how that works. So the fight then becomes between Russia and, let's say, Saudi Arabia in this example. Well, we're better at using oil than you are. You know, there's, we should be given a multiplier. It's 30% plus we make better things with it. We make better things that people buy with it. Who buys it, right? We, well, we don't make better things. We have more oil. So this is a big fight. And if you create a basket, this is my opinion, right? But if you create a basket on fungible commodities and you try to price economic activity on it, you're going to have fights. And these guys will be invading each other in a couple of years if that happens. So what happened in the last six months? They stopped talking about oil. They stopped talking about natural gas. They stopped talking about some SDR type of basket that would house commodities weighted as an inflationary hedge. No, it's bullshit. You can't do that. You need something that is economically viable, but doesn't differ in its use from country to country. Saudi Arabia, they use oil for suntan lotion. Russia, they use oil for, for gearing, you know, for, for greasing train tracks. Those are two different reasons that you use oil with two different, vastly different economic outcomes. You cannot, the difference is intellectual capital. Who uses it better? Who uses it more? Who makes more money off of it? Well, you want to use oil to make more oil? You can't do that. You need something like the dollar. But you need something that's fungible, that is a product that, that represents a store of economic value, that is a monetary exchange, and cannot be used for anything else. And that's gold. You get the silver. Gold is too expensive to be used in large quantities as a heat absorber, except maybe for rockets, right? Uh, as a conductor. It's just too expensive. What are you going to do with it? It's so expensive. It doesn't do anything, right? You can't use it. It's too expensive. It's not economical to use gold for anything except as gold. Silver, on the other hand, because of its price, because it's used industrially, can be used for other things. Now, you can't improve on silver. This is why I love silver. You can't improve on silver. You can't make a better silver. You can't say, oh, this is silver prime or something. You can't do that. Silver and gold are the same in this respect. What's the difference? 
silver and you need a little silver tolerance cleaner. There's no difference. Silver is better than gold industrial. That's the problem. Silver is actually a better electrical conductor than, than copper. You can't use it for money if it's being used in industry. How do you stop using silver in industry? The price goes up. How do you get the price go up to go up? Wouldn't that be from use? Yeah, well, when gold explodes, silver will revert to its ratio in nature. Or maybe better, who knows? 16 to one, it could be lower. I'm not saying it's gonna to happen tomorrow. I'm not saying it's gonna happen next year, but it's gonna happen because if gold remains useless, it will go up in price because it's useless. That's what's so funny about it. And the higher it goes in price because people want the gold, not the gold because of what it means in dollars, the more useless it becomes and the more of a store of value it becomes. And the bigger it gets, the bigger it gets, People say, well, how much gold do you have? Mercantilism. How much gold do you have? Well, that's your economic might because the more your economy produces, the more gold you can buy, the more you can store economic power. And as people start looking, well, there's no gold left in the world, right? Let's pretend. There's no gold left in the world. What are you going to buy? Well, what, what else is metallic, doesn't erode, doesn't get eaten by boll weevils like cotton does and, and, and retains its value? Silver, yeah, but silver's industrial. Well, you know what? Fuck it. We won't use it industrial anymore. And now gold's trading $100,000. I'm making it up, but you know, okay. a girl can dream. So what happens is silver will eventually price itself out of practicality and industrial use. And that will happen after gold goes up and gold's going to go up. That's why I brought this all up. So... The result, gold and silver are what's now being discussed instead of bricks and economic, instead of bricks, commodity baskets. I explained that. Therefore, this is a manifesto, guys, uh, a thesis, hypothesis, assumptions. Gold will be remonetized in sneaky, this is the payoff, in sneaky fashion in the West via a bond type product. And also, the government will capitalize on the growing domestic demand in silver and gold by issuing and marketing more of it to its citizens in coin form, not digital form. I'll get to that some other time. The U.S. is going to make gold money again, not by hitting a switch. It's not going to happen like that. Don't do that. That's stupid. That's how you destroy your, your franchise. You ease it in. You issue a 30-year bond. Say, hey, give me your dollars. I'll give you a 30-year bond. And in 30 years, I'll give you some gold because there'll be gold tied to it. And sure enough, gold starts mixing with dollars. And then in 10 years, it's 99% dollars, 1% gold. And in 30 years, it's 99% gold, 1% dollars. That's how you do it. In the meantime, in the meantime, what did I say earlier on? If you're a global power, you are a buyer of gold and silver, and you are a storer of them. And then after you've bought enough, then you let the price go up. And right before you let the price go up, what do you do? You tell your citizens to buy it. That's what China's going to do. That's what India already does. That's what the U.S. is going to do. But the U.S. is not going to do it the way the East is. The East, China, state monopoly, right? We think you should buy gold. The dollar sucks. Okay, they go out and buy gold, right? Right? All right. And everybody buys silver as well, right? India, we think you should go out and buy gold and silver because uh, they're important. 
Everybody does that. You do that. China, I mean, India is a democracy, but it's, it's kind of state controlled. Russia, you know, we think you should buy gold and if you can't afford gold, go out and buy silver. That's all going to happen. Meanwhile, the central banks aren't buying silver, but then, but the sovereign funds are. Just mark my words. They're totally buying them. They're just not talking about it. They can't talk about it. What? You, you don't think Elon Musk is buying lithium, buying cobalt, buying all these things and just, where's silver? It's like a hole in the middle of his donut. Of course he's buying silver. Silver's too important to ignore. Okay, so that's how the East is doing it. The West, can they make this assessment? Can they, can they say that? No, you destroy the dollar if you do that. You can't do that. What do you do? You sell more coins. I think one of the drawdowns, one of the reasons metal's being drawn down out of silver is the buyer is making coins. I think that in 2020, when we had that futures backwardation on the COMEX while spot was down here, well, I know this is true, that that was a uh, fungibility issue from east to west. We couldn't get the LBMA metal over here. That's because the U.S. was buying COMEX metal because the U.S. can only use U.S. gold, U.S. silver. And therefore, we had to go there to bring it back here. And we ended up sucking metal from there. And I think they fucked up. And they realized that. And I think, and that's, that's, that I'm telling you is true. This is what I think is going on now. I think that this time, U.S. government is buying precious metal. They're morons if they're not. Everyone else is, right? right? What are they doing with it? Well, they can't just sit with it. They're going to sell it to United States citizens. They're going to sell more coins, I think, a lot more than they usually do. And they're going to keep that money. They're going to use that to support the dollar, right? That's why this year, one of the reasons that the silver EFP went into backwardation, it's not just investors. It's not just India. It's not just Russia. You think we tolerate that? We're buying it. I think we're buying it. And I think we're buying it to issue more coins than normal. <clears throat> I think the gov look, government takes advantage of growing demand. Everybody wants an electric car. Okay, we're mandating electric cars. Everyone's gold and silver coins. And they're going to, it's going to happen. It's happening right now. So if, if there is a more gold and silver off the market because of increased demand in gold and silver, then you're going to have more coins made by the U.S. government, I think. We also believe there will be a huge digital move to get Russian and Chinese people to buy gold. China is going to get its people to, this is a guess, but it's gonna be something like this. China is gonna be out there saying, we need you to buy a digital yuan, we'll give you an ounce of gold if you buy it or a gram of gold or whatever, the, whatever they use, right? And we're gonna store it for you. That's, that's how it's gonna happen. That's how they're gonna get their people on digital money. By getting their people on digital money, they get them away from dollars. We'll be the last country to go digital, but we'll, we'll do it. I just don't know how, right? That's that. That's that. CTAs. Now, why am I bringing this up about CTAs? This is the weekly CTA chart. We'll talk about CTAs briefly. CTAs, typically you'll see the green. That's the CTA uh, position, short, long, uh, move with the direction of the market. They buy when it's going up. They sell when it's going down. Kind of stuff. 
And you may not be able to see it, but on the right-hand side in the red rectangle, you have silver going down, obviously. Gold's acting normally. Silver's going down, obviously. And the CTAs got long last week. If you're a silver bug, like I am, you want to say, oh, the CTAs, no, they're not smart. They're not smart. No, they're dumb. They're dumb. Okay. Um, we'll talk about CTAs another time. This has gone a little bit longer than I wanted it to. But I, I'll say this to you. CTA behavior will drive this market in the absence of real information. Dollars down, buy silver, the dollars up. They're the ones that make the market move right now. So 90% chance that if the CTAs are long and there isn't an exogenous news event that comes along to push silver up. Remember, aliens that land, they eat silver. That's, you know, that, pull, that, that bails the CTAs out. There's a war that bailed the gold longs out. There's a war that bails out the heating oil longs. That's what happens when the CTAs get lucky. But in the short term, if there's no news, if, this, if the dollar gets stronger for any reason at all, and silver down ticks again, these guys are 90% going to sell. And if they're going to sell, they're going to get destroyed. Without getting too much into it, uh, I want to get into it, but I want to spend it another time. These are the questions that I'm asked all the time about CTA since they're in the market, since they're being talked about a lot. Who are they? What is their history? How do they operate? What is their trading style? Do they make money? Why do they have such a pronounced influence over silver? What are they doing right now? Should I care? I'm going to answer number six right now. Bullion banks are dealers. They're bullion dealers. So Take the word dealer and put car dealer in front of it. So a person walks into a car dealer and says, I like to, I'm looking at cars, right? And they start asking questions. Then eventually they say, does it come in red? And when they say, does it come in red? The dealer knows you've bought and you're just getting down to the final nitty gritty. And at that point, the price starts going up. He's less likely to lower the price. The price is going up now, right? Okay. So that's a retail investor and the dealer backs off if they say, does it come in red, right? Now, if that retail investor, that's your CTA. Now, there are a million CTAs and all those CTAs, we'll get into the minutiae of it later, but when they come in, they usually operate not in hive mind fashion, but uh, in copycat fashion. The big CTAs are first, they come in and they buy the first red car. And then other people start coming in. And the problem is, as they come in, the dealers get smarter. They say, oh, oh, do you want it in red? The price gets higher. And so the prices keeps getting higher as more of these guys are coming into the door to buy silver. And in the end, it's a crowded trade and they just get crushed going the other way. The reason it is such a big deal in silver because, stackers understand this, silver is a broken market for hedging. It's not being used as much in hedging by producers. It's not being used as much for, uh, for industrial use, right? End users are, are taking delivery off of it. It's going firm to firm. The silver in the, in, I think the silver on the COMEX is a, um, is a, I don't know what the word, I forget the word right now, but the, the silver is, it's, it, it's, it's for show. You know, like there's probably like whatever, however many million, I don't care how many million. It doesn't matter to me. There's no, there's no silver in there. That silver is spoken for if it's in there. Um, anyway, so what I'm getting at is 
when the CTA start driving this market, as I am 90% sure they will drive this market lower unless somebody comes in and sells dollars to zero or unless, unless uh, Pal comes out and says, pivot, you know, unless that happens, these CTAs are more likely to sell than buy. So if silver goes up, CTAs will buy. If silver goes down, CTAs will sell twice as hard. If, C if silver goes sideways, CTAs will lose patience and sell. That's what I'm getting at. So if silver's down this week and gold's down this week, you don't care. It's CTAs in a marketplace that is lacking true direction this month. Pray for news. Even if it's bad news, it's going to be good news for this market. I'm Vince. Uh, have a great week, and I hope you enjoy your holiday. Take care. Well, thank you to Vince. Always appreciate everything that you shared in that report and gives a lot of good things to think about, especially at a time when there is perhaps not as much news coming out that is driving the prices, but at least putting in perspective how to look at these things as they continue to develop. So thank you, Vince. And also would like to thank Silver Viper, who was the kind sponsor of today's show at Silver Viper Minerals run by Steve Cope. That has its La Virginia project that it is continuing to explore, has some new targets that they've recently been looking into. And to hear a little bit more about that, here's a brief clip from Steve the last time he was on the show. As we've moved through and started to really focus on other parts of the project and understanding, you know, our system as a whole, it's been, you know, we've had quite a few pleasant surprises in areas that we didn't even expect to necessarily run with the grades that they are, you know, seeing you know, 17.8 grams gold and a thousand grams silver and chip samples and dump samples in that LRA and tal areas, you know, that was an area that we thought was west of our main zone. So that's showing, you know, the potential for another trend to the west of the, the main structures that are running, you know, very attractive grades going over to, you know, the Macho Libre area, just, you know, to the, a little bit to the east of that. And that's a two kilometer long zone that's sitting in the same trend that moves its way up to our El Ruby discovery and deposits. So, you know, that's produced some pretty nice numbers. The El Molino South area, which you can see over kind of in the middle on the eastern side of that map, again, that that has produced some nice chip sampling. And that's where we're really seeing a lot of, you know, understanding the structures and these breccia structures, which are what produce our highest grades at El Ruby. And, and they're sitting them in sequence in parallel there. Um, that has made that our, probably our number one expiration target so far. Peridonis moving up in the same trend there is interesting and had some nice numbers. And this is one small portion of our total land package. You know, you go further to the south and you get into where Pan American and Mindfinders made their discoveries at Las Juarez and Con Virginia. And, and it, this project has so many different mineralizing events and activities. And, you know, we made our discovery at El Ruby, but we've always said it would be foolish to think that's the only discovery we're going to make on this project. Well, thank you to Steve and thank you to Silver Viper for bringing us today's show. Hope you found that one helpful. Going to wrap up for now, but we'll see you again tomorrow with Andy Shackman's weekly physical silver report.